Friday's Digest, the podcast, episode number five. I want to focus on the four main mistakes people do when they give lectures over Zoom. I'm saying Zoom, but it can be any webinar platform uh, that you are using. And we're going to talk about how to correct them. Zoom lectures, and I'm going to use the, the term Zoom lectures, but I am actually referring to all webinars or online lectures. Zoom lectures are bad for teaching by default. COVID-19 was the main contributor to this trend of online lectures and using Zoom for lectures. It started around 2020, but nowadays we're living in the post-pandemic world, meaning we no longer have the COVID-19 pandemic. Even if we have the option to give lectures in physical lecture halls or attend lectures, it's much easier for us to turn on our computer or our phone and tune in to a Zoom lecture. It has a lot of advantages. If there is a lecture in a different country, I can just log in. So all the distance that was once a huge disadvantage and didn't allow us to attend different lectures because they were in another country. Nowadays, we are able to virtually attend these lectures. But if we compare Zoom lectures to physical lectures, we are putting aside all the fundamentals of teaching because the designers of Zoom or other platforms neglected them. I want to focus today on the factors that we can easily change to make our Zoom lectures better once again. Now let's take an example. Try to think back of a Zoom lecture that you recently attended. Try to remember the rare occasions when you actually sat in front of the screen and listen to the lecture and completely focused on this lecture instead of multitasking. In most cases, we think, yeah, I, I can tune into this Zoom lecture, but why not drive somewhere and run errands? I can just put on the speaker in my car and just listen to this lecture. Or why don't I do the laundry? I can just put in my headphones without really paying attention. Do you remember any Zoom lecture that you actually sat in front of and was completely focused? Pretty difficult to remember, right? Do you know why it is difficult for us to remember when was the last time we actually sat in front of a Zoom lecture and were completely immersed in this lecture? It's because Zoom lectures are bad for teaching by default. Zoom and similar platforms weren't designed with teaching in mind. They were designed with flashing lights, avatars, backgrounds, chats, and everything else to distract you from the lecture itself. Think about it. But here's the silver lining. Zoom lectures are just another type of lecture. They are merely another stage in the evolution of lectures. The ultimate factor that determines the quality of a lecture has always been the teacher. I started my teaching journey 30 years ago and delivered lectures in all possible formats. I've lectured with chalk and blackboards. And I remember those days that I never wore dark clothes because all the chalk would make my clothes look ridiculous. 
I used markers, paper, film, and projectors. I delivered talks in nature, in acoustic halls, and even in pitch dark when the power went out. And you know what the best part is? The fundamentals of teaching have always been the same. How to use the tone of your voice to make a point, how to maintain eye contact with your audience, how to underline an important fact, and how to move, and how to gesture with your hands, and how to write on the blackboard, how to use PowerPoint presentations. The fundamentals have always been the same. So what I want to do today is to take this experience into practice and I want to discuss the four most common mistakes people do while delivering Zoom lectures and of course how to fix those mistakes. Okay, I want to touch on four mistakes in total and let's start with mistake number one. Your slideshow is boring and passive. Zoom lectures can feel like you're trying to read a very boring story and with a boring story I actually mean the slides themselves. You sit in front of the screen in case you're actually sitting in front of the screen or not folding laundry or I don't know why I'm mentioning laundry all the time. I don't know, you do anything else. The slides themselves are usually pretty boring and Zoom lectures are like trying to read this boring story while someone talks about something in the background. Our brain hates information overload. So when we look at these slides, which are packed with words and information, our brain hates it. Our brain loves structure and focus, asymmetry, random shapes, diagrams, unpredictability, the complete opposite of a typical Zoom lecture. So how can we turn it into a dynamic process? Simple. Use the on-screen pen. It's an option that you have in PowerPoint. You can see it if you look at the bottom left while you're delivering a slideshow. You will see a small icon of a pen. You can also use a shortcut. It's Control-P, like pen, Control-P, Command-P on a Mac. And then you can draw on your slide as you talk. What are you going to draw? Anything you want. Anything that conveys the essence of what you want to say. It can be just underline or circle important words. If I want to emphasize a fact, I can just circle the sentence or underline the sentence. I can add an exclamation mark next to an important fact. I can also sketch simple diagrams. If I want to convey a link between two points, connect them with an arrow. I can put a plus sign or a minus sign. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't really matter as long as the pen and the drawing on the screen convey this information. Now, I don't want you to be perfectionist. You don't want to create the perfect diagram. The goal is to create random shapes, random drawing. Everything should be as natural as possible. The more random your drawing is, the more engaging it will become. Okay? So mistake number one, slideshows are boring and passive. The fix is to use the on-screen pen in PowerPoint. Control P, like pen, Control P, or Command P. If you want to erase your drawings and restart, you can just hit E, erase, and then all your drawings will be erased. 
I remember when I was a third year dental student, we sat in an immunology course. And I remember our teacher gave the lecture. I don't remember the specific subject, but I vividly remember that the power went out and suddenly he didn't have the computer anymore and the PowerPoint presentation. But you know what he did? He just opened his bag, picked up some markers, rolled up the screen. Behind the screen, there was a whiteboard and just resumed naturally with markers and a whiteboard. He didn't require any PowerPoint presentation and he just gave us a lecture. And that was a wonderful lecture. And what I remember is that at the end of this lecture, he said, you know what? I'll think I'll use more markers in whiteboard from now on. And from that point on, until the end of the course, he used markers and a whiteboard instead of the computer. And I remember that from the moment he stopped using the computer, I could remain focused and I understood everything and I didn't need to race. I, I, I typed everything on my laptop, so I didn't need to race and catch everything he said. I just summarized in bullet points whatever he wrote on the whiteboard. And it was so easy to understand everything. And at the end of that year, it was so easy for me to study for the final exams because everything was so clear. So this is the fundamentals of teaching to keep a very clear image on your whiteboard or blackboard. But when we use these presentations that are packed with words and we're reading from the screen, we're not allowing our audience to engage. So if we take these markers, like my immunology professor did, and draw on the screen, our Zoom lecture will become so much better. And I'm doing that all the time. Mistake number two. We don't maintain eye contact during our Zoom meetings. We don't maintain eye contact. So that's a given, right? That's obvious. We're giving the lecture through Zoom and we have a camera on us and we look at the screen. How can we maintain eye contact? We're not sitting in the room with our audience. That's a problem we never had when we gave physical lectures. In a physical lecture, when you look at someone, they know that you are looking at them. But with Zoom, if you are looking at someone on the screen, they see you gazing down or sideways. Just think about it, how ridiculous, how weird this is. If you are looking at someone on your screen, that person won't see you look directly at them. The only way for us to mimic eye contact is to look directly at our camera. And our camera is just, you know, a black hole. But the effect on your audience when they will see you looking directly at them is dramatic. The audience won't be able to connect with you if they don't see you look at them. So the fix here is easy. You just need to look at your camera more. You're not looking into someone's eyes. You're looking at a specific area on your laptop or on the camera on top of your screen. But you just need to remember to do that. So the fix here to mistake number two my new mistake number two is that we don't maintain eye contact, is after every sentence to look at the camera for one to three seconds and then move on. Simple, right? So it won't be that simple in the beginning. You will forget to do it. But every time that you remember, look up, look at the camera for a second or two, 
and then return to your screen. Mistake number three is that we don't interact with our audience. By interacting, I mean talking with our audience, answering questions. We don't interact anymore. Why do we love online lectures? Because they are easy. We can do other stuff while we're listening. And for those of us who are worried about getting questions from the audience, this is heaven, right? How easy it is to deliver a lecture, a Zoom lecture, without anyone asking you anything. Some people thrive on it. With Zoom, the default state is we don't interact with our audience. And from the audience side, it, it is really difficult to ask a question. Every member of your audience is just worrying, what will all the other people think about my stupid question? I can't even see their faces. They're probably laughing at me. So no, they're probably just doing something else because they're not really listening to the lecture. But this is what, as a teacher or as a speaker or as a professor, know that this is what your audience members think. They don't want to ask the questions. As a teacher, you must remember it. And it is your job as the teacher to make it easier on your audience to ask questions. So what is the fix? We're again talking about mistake number three. Mistake number three, we don't interact with our audience. So the fix is what I call embrace the pause. By pause, I mean all these... Okay, these quiet moments in the Zoom that we are factoring in the delay and just saying, okay, I just said something. It will take a few seconds until everyone will hear it. And then I'll give a few more seconds until someone maybe ask a question. We finish an explanation and wait. But that's weird, right? No, no one really likes those quiet moments in the lecture, right? They're natural. But these quiet moments will allow your audience to think for a second and it will make them more comfortable to ask questions. How often should you do it as a teacher? Every three to five minutes, you should stop to allow questions. You need to pause and ask, does anyone have anything they would like to ask? And wait. Embrace the silence. In groups of 40 people or less, 40 participants or less, use audio. Ask them to open their microphones and ask. You want to hear the voice of your audience. You want the other audience members to hear the voice of other members. Of course, they can also use the chat if they are too embarrassed to speak. But it's your job as a teacher to make it natural and easy for them to ask. But they can also use the chat. For larger groups, you want to use the chat option yourself, meaning stop every few minutes and look at the chat and answer questions. You can also delegate someone to summarize the questions for you, and that person will be the person responsible to ask you the questions out loud, and then you will answer them. So that was mistake number three, that we don't interact with the audience, and the fix is allow time for questions. And that brings us to mistake number four, the last one that we're going to discuss today, I like to call mistake number four, your audio is annoying. Your audience will become frustrated when they can't hear you. This is so annoying. They try to hear you. They try to listen instead of doing anything else, but they can't hear you well. That's a problem we didn't really have in the past. Sometimes in lecture halls, you know, you weren't able to hear the speaker, so you just move closer or you would ask the speaker to speak up. 
because it wasn't just you, it was all the audience members that sat right next to you. They couldn't hear the speaker as well. But otherwise, it wasn't really an issue. But today, in the Zoom era, it happens all the time. Do you know those Zoom lectures where the teacher speaks away from the microphone and you can't really hear? And then they shout right back into the microphone. This is so annoying. Your audience will not tolerate it. Even when I did it right now, it was annoying, right? You can't hear me. And why, why the shouting afterwards? After it happens, once, twice, your audience will just stop listening. What is the fix for that? You want your audio to be consistent. Consistent audio is the key. How are you going to achieve that? You want a reliable microphone that is attached to you, not a microphone that sits on your desk and whenever you turn your face away, no one will be able to hear you. You want a microphone like the ones that you used to get whenever you bought a phone before we used Bluetooth headphones. We got these tiny earphones with a small microphone hanged on the cord. These are great. The audio quality is not top-notch, but it's not really important in Zoom meetings. All you want is a microphone that sits very close to your mouth, not too close, and we'll talk about that in a second. But if you move your face, your microphone will move with you. You can also use Bluetooth headphones, but you need to trust these headphones. I advise you to be careful with Bluetooth headphones. The signal of the Bluetooth headphones can break off. And when I say Bluetooth headphones, of course, I mean headphones that have a microphone built into them, okay? So first, you need to trust these. And second, you need to have an alternative ready, another set of earphones with a microphone or just a microphone. If online lectures are something that you do on a regular basis, invest in a good wired microphone. The best thing to do is to use a wired lavalier microphone. So there will be a cord that goes from your laptop or computer to the microphone that is hanged on your shirt. Lastly, don't, don't use a headset where the microphone just sits right next to your mouth. Never ever use these microphones that sit a few centimeters from your mouth. Why? Because there is nothing more annoying than hearing the speaker breathe and swallow and sip water in high volume. This is so annoying. So if you get a microphone, use a lavalier microphone, the one that you put onto your shirt, or use this tiny microphone that hang from those earphones that we once got with our phones. You can also invest in a better microphone, but again, you don't really need to. All you need is a microphone that sits close, but not too close to your mouth. So mistake number four, your audio is annoying. The fix is just to use a microphone like I explained. And that's the end of today's episode about the four most common mistakes we do when we deliver Zoom lectures. If you want to read more about the fundamentals of teaching, you can go to issue number 40 of my newsletter on my website, newsletter.shaisharon.com. Read issue number 40, where I write about the fundamentals of a good lecture. And in that note, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time.